the moon hits your eye like a big pizza pie that's amore when the world seems to shine like you've had too much wine that's amore for the judges and this multi-millionaire mogul now has the best kind of goal. It is Off The Podium, an Olympics podcast, or today, a Youth Olympics podcast, because we are, I usually say like a week away from the Youth Olympics, they start tonight! We are doing this on the day that they start, because we like to leave things late, apparently. We're here to talk about the 2024 Youth Olympic Games, the Winter Youth Olympic Games, in South Korea, in Kangwon or Kangwon or that province where Pyeongchang is and for the next two or so weeks we are going to have the best young athletes from around the world in winter sports competing in the Youth Olympics and we're so excited to be able to cover our very first Youth Olympic Games in a double Olympic year in 2024. I'm so excited that I've brought somebody along with me. It's the biggest expert on the Winter Youth Olympics. (laughs) Ever in Winnipeg is Colin Hilding. Colin, welcome back. It's also uh, legally mandated that I be on this episode <laughs> in order for Ben to talk about under 18s. Basically, the, the only reason why. And that, that's actually why Jared's not here, because uh, Colin has to be very strict on this episode. And Jared, Jared's a nice guy, but he just he just can't rule me in like Colin Hilding can. So I just thought Ben and I didn't have enough snowballs in order to make Jared this week. <laughs> Oh, we're gonna we're gonna talk about that, but uh, obviously we're we're very excited to be here. Our first, I guess, communal is that a correct word to use? Episode for twenty twenty four. Happy twenty twenty four, Colin, uh, to to have you back on the show, and we're pumped for a a big year for obviously Paris this year. But now we're talking about Kung Wan and the Youth Olympics. No special introductions for the Youth Olympics. Don't really know if there's great commentary moments for the Youth Olympics. <laughs> no disrespect to all those up-and-coming commentators who have commentated on these games over the years. But let's let's start with the basics, the Youth Olympics. We've, we've touched on this a few times over the years and, and our thoughts and everything along those lines. And we had a bit of a talk last year about should we cover them? And we thought, why not? They're in Olympic Games. We've, we've covered World Cups and they're not really in our wheelhouse when it comes to why we invented this show. So we should really do the Youth Olympics. But do, do you watch the Youth Olympics? Are you a Youth Olympic fanboy, Colin Hilding? No, um, I mean, well, this will be a first time for me. <laughs> Tune back in another week when we have something of value to add. Um, I mean, the the coverage for this is not like it, you know, gets to, did get TV coverage. I mean, the last Youth Olympics, 
it was like CBC Sports app. You know, you'd have to tune in for that, uh, which I'm going to assume it's the same thing uh, for, for this one. Uh, although you never know because there's not that much going on right now in Canada. We've only got, what, the NHL and the new uh, Pro Women's Hockey League hogging all the airtime. So we'll see hockey? if even hockey gets a, it, it's it, It's funny, though, because if you even try to look up the Youth Olympics and Canada here in Canada, every single story is linked to just hockey. So there must be some excitement uh, about the people that will be watching in a couple of years, maybe at the World Juniors. I mean, are we allowed to talk about them after what happened in the World Juniors? I mean, you lose to you lose to Czech here in the quarterfinals. That's almost like losing to Germany in the Fuller Olympics a few years ago. At the, uh, <laughs> That's what they're called from now on: Youth Olympics and Fuller Olympics. Full, I don't know how to describe. Like, it's I feel weird saying like the Youth Olympics and the Real Olympics um, <laughs> because that's disrespectful to the youth. And I don't want to say the Senior Olympics because you know Summer McIntosh was exact. I mean, she should have been at the Youth Olympics three years yeah. ago so uh, i mean regular olympics <laughs> I, I really don't know o og the, olympics the, the the olympics that started them all um the the olympics that donovan bailey were at um <laughs> I, I i really maybe we need to put that out there to be like what? penny's olympics Pen penny's olympics <laughs> campbell there's a chair nearby <laughs> um, i like that penny's olympics we we need to come up with the the proper terminology between the uh between the two but yeah it's it's i mean look i'll, I'll, I'll be honest i i've actually always watched the youth olympics from the beginning i remember when they were announced and i remember 2010 for the summer youth olympics that singapore had them and getting quite excited and it's a similar thing here that they're, they're not a, it's not like they're you know 24 7 on on public tv to watch and they're not even really uh on at all I, I think it's a similar thing here it's basically like maybe an hour highlight show they used to air but i remember they they still would air and i would look it up and i would tape it i've, I've actually got footage from all the youth olympics on my computer because the thing the isc does very well with the youth olympics is they also are pretty quick to put things up fully on their youtubers during the Penny's Olympiacs, uh, a Penny Olympiacs. The Penny, the Penny Olympiacs. <laughs> Penny Olympiacs, that's it. There you go, Penny. You're welcome. The Penny Olympiacs. Um, you know, like sometimes when you accidentally call Canada Canadia because you're saying a Canadian. Yeah. That's to me what oh, that is. You're going to hate me, but like uh, growing up, I, I used to do. always make a mistake and I'd call it Germania. Well, I thought you were about to say Austri Austria or, you, you know, uh, throw another shrimp on the Barbie, mate, or something like that. But um, yeah, obviously the ISC doesn't really do the uh, the Penny Olympiacs, uh, you know, straight away. <laughs> they usually kind of wait till afterwards. So they're, they're pretty good with that. But I think, I mean, Winter Youth Olympics, I don't even know if Australians know exist. Um, I, I know Josie Baff obviously won our first ever Youth Olympic gold uh, in Lucerne a few years ago. So obviously on the medal side of things, it hasn't been a, a lot there. But I just I always find them intriguing because I think it's an Olympics, so I'm always going to like them no matter what. And I think that these are testing grounds for sports. Obviously, famously mm -hmm. breaking debut at Buenos Aires back in 2018. And you said it's real testing ground. Three x three basketball has uh, long been a staple, and obviously those are the summer games. We're not here to talk about the those. We're here to talk about the winter games. But I don't know. I think I mean your your beloved mixed events were kind of always tested <laughs> at these, which uh, we've actually lost the mixed NOCs at a Youth Olympics. Uh, so this is a staple of the Youth Olympics, which maybe I wasn't. A big fan of and we can talk about them eventually but uh yeah i don't know there's just there's just something a little bit unique and it's also i think a chance for countries and cities and places where you're never going to get a penny olympiacs uh you're going to get <laughs> <laughs> sticking isn't it you're uh you're only going to get a youth olympics i mean 
Singapore is a city, state, city, country, probably too small to host a regular Olympics, Penny Olympics. Um, <laughs> and I know back with the joke sort of Hobart Olympic bid, when that kind of got a bit too serious, we literally were like, well, we could host a Youth Olympics and Hobart probably could. Winnipeg could easily host a Youth Olympics because generally a Youth Olympics is for a place where they don't really have to build anything. They they can, mm-hmm. they can, you know, I think temporarily construct something to do with the, for the villages, but like, these are venues where, like, if you ever see some of the original footage of 3x3 basketball, it's just a street court with a couple of kids standing around watching. These games in Kangwon are, are free to attend except for the opening ceremony. So you have to still apply for tickets, but it's completely free. So, like, it's very much open and, and the IOC, this is what FIFA wishes they were, an organisation mm. that were for the people and weren't corrupt. Hello yeah, to our I mean, FIFA it, friends, if they're listening, by the way. <laughs> we hope you enjoyed our coverage over the we last really year. We really appreciated of your uh, you putting on the couple of last World Cups. Thank you. We look forward to covering uh, USA, Canada, Mexico in two years' time. Uh, I've, I mean, I've talked about how uh, 2017, you know, we had the Canada Games here, which is basically the Canadian version of the Olympics. I mean, the age range is a little bit different. You go like from, I think, t- uh, 12 to 21 in some, some of the sports go up to 21 for that. But it is very similar because it's it's the testing ground for a multi-sport event uh, for young athletes. Uh, and uh, very similar, most of the events here in Winnipeg, when we had that, they were reusing venues or are they from the Pan Am Games? I think the only one, the the the, the uh, cycling, um, uh, indoor cycling track was the only one I think that they actually constructed for that, which has gotten a lot of use since then because we get World Cup events and everything. But uh, uh, the only events I think you really have to pay for were the big ones like um, volleyball and uh, um, uh, soccer. I think we, we paid for the soccer semifinals and most of the other events we attended were completely free. But um, but we've had several athletes on, you know, the Canadian athletes who have talked up the the Canada games and not even just about, Oh, are they a big deal here? But just what a big deal it was for them as an athlete and getting them ready and everything. And I mean, having something like this, it, it is very important because I mean, not a lot of countries are going to have their own, you know, national youth games. And a lot of these countries are so small that like, does it really provide that same level of uh, experience that you're going to need going forward? Yeah, I completely agree. And I'm, I'm, big advocate for the Canada games. I wish we did something here, but it's something that whenever we get an athlete on this show and they've competed at the youth Olympics, I'm always very excited. And I'll always mark it down to talk to them about the youth Olympic experience. Cause as we often find from a lot of these athletes, it's also their very first taste at a multi-sport event. And obviously gives them a bit of a perspective on an Olympics. This is never going to compare to a penny Olympics, of course, but it's also going to give them a bit of a taste at a young athlete, because we should clarify, if nobody is familiar with what a youth Olympic signifies, 15 to 18 is uh, the age range of these athletes, which, as we learnt very recently from our Maddie Hoffman interview as well, it also is a cyclic, cyclic cycle. That's not even a word, Ben, but it's, I'm, I know what I'm trying to say, where essentially it's based on your year of birth. So you could technically be of age for a youth Olympics, but if you, say, were born in December of the wrong year. It's kind of like, I guess, a school cycle where I'm sure you do it in Canada. Mm-hmm. Like if you're born in December or January, you can sort of pick or choose what grade you start. But the IOC are obviously pretty strict with this. So there are some athletes who are just never eligible to compete in the Youth Olympics because unfortunately yeah. their birth year doesn't fit in that cycle. So all fascinating things. But I, the thing that I've always found fascinating about the Youth Olympics, and just a, a quick question around this, is that every year we get... You know, the, the IOC president, Mr. Thomas Bach, whoever it is, 
We'll say at the end of the, the Penny Olympics, winter or summer, and in four years' time, we invite the youth of the world to Los Angeles 2028. We're going to hear that this year. Now, a bit of false advertising, considering that back in, what, 2010, would have been Jacques Rogg, would have been like, yeah, let's just do a real youth Olympics. Um, like, so what, the youth of the world aren't invited anymore to the Penny Olympics? I don't know. Uh, is, is that false advertising, or am I just being too anal with that? You're being too anal. Uh, as you usually are. Thank you. It's the way to uh, be. You're also not allowed to say that on a Youth Olympics episode. Oh, you're going to have to find Sorry. a substitute word. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um, thank you, Colin. Colin, Colin, you're bringing the jokes in 2020. He's come prepared, ladies and gentlemen, for a double Olympic year. It's like, well, I've got to up my game. This is this is a double Olympic year. Uh, just quickly, the location, and we're going to do what we usually do in, in preview episodes. We've got some facts I've got some Korea facts for you, and I've got some some Kung Won facts because we didn't really we didn't do this back in 2018 when we previewed the the Olympics in in Korea. Because when we say Kung Won and Kang Won, and to all our Koreans, if uh, mainly me, I'm pronouncing it incorrectly as always. To I, all our Koreans, mainly me, <laughs> as in like me for mispronouncing. Because Colin, you were watching Die Another Day far too much. <laughs> and you think this goes the opposite way? You can become Korean. <laughs> No, I am not a Korean, if people are listening. Uh, Noah's uh, not on this podcast, but he's more Korean than I am. He lived there for five years. He might as well be Korean. He, he may as well be Korean. Um, so we're in Korea for these, and we're basically in Pyeongchang. So essentially, these Olympics are being held at the site of the 2018 Winter Olympics. So the few other events kind of been spread out. So Kangwon is the name of the state or the province in South Korea, and they've just basically gone with the naming of it being Kangwon rather than Pyeongchang. Interesting thing that I read that they initially did plan to have an event held in North Korea because this is very close to North Korea. Now, that would have gone down well. Um, but, hey, uh, I mean, maybe the North Koreans love their 15 to 18-year-old athletes. They've got to, I mean, they're probably the most uh, influenced by leaders and and. Um, dictators, so maybe they'll do as they're told. But, uh, I mean, I, I was a fan of 2018. I think that Pyeongchang was a, a great area. It seemed like a, it was a well-put-together games. Uh, I mean, really the last regular Olympics we've had outside of a COVID world. So lots of good memories. Still a bit bitter that Sai didn't perform, but maybe Sai was like, no, I'm holding out to the Youth Olympics. I don't know. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, this region, from what I know of and from what I remember of 2018, great region. And uh, you're obviously a bit of a Korea fanboy too because I know we've talked a lot about Seoul back in 1988. So, yeah, I, I think it's great that we're – and our first ever Youth Olympics outside of Europe, by the way, uh, because we previously were in Innsbruck in 2012, Lillehammer in 2016, and Lucerne in 2020. Yeah, this is uh it's a very quick turnaround. I mean, we we talk about how Beijing is like, oh, feels like we were just in Beijing. And I mean, that was you know more than a decade. Uh, and also this this usually kind of goes the opposite way as well. I mean, when we were doing the Pan Am games, we talked about how um that, that's often used as cities testing the waters to see whether they could sustain a real Olympics, and in some cases they have gotten them. Is that but, uh, <laughs> a penny a penny Olympic <laughs> Disparaging the Youth Olympics, number four. Uh, <laughs> but but in this case, I mean, we're what six years removed from mm. having already been in wow. a lot of these venues and everything. Six years. And normally I I want more of a buffer than that. Normally I want to feel like it's it's completely new and fresh, but I kind of, like you said, I mean, we, we followed that up with Tokyo and Beijing where they just didn't necessarily feel like 
Penny Olympiacs. You know, they 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 they, they felt secondary, and uh, it, it's it's going to kind of be fun to go back and to have like a, a big multi sport games in a place that we're familiar with, where it was kind of our last great memory we had of the Olympics as well. Yeah, true. Uh, that is that is a, that is a very solid point. I just I just you said six years, and it's crazy to kind of think that 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 is that has been yeah. that long since since these games. And it's also actually interesting, just with all the Winter Youth Olympic venues, they've all like got very big Olympic connections. I mean, Innsbruck and Lillehammer, former host cities, mm-hmm. Lucerne, the home of the International Olympic Committee, and now Kangwon, obviously a, a location of the twenty eighteen uh, Winter Olympics as well. Whereas if you compare that to the, the Summer Games. They've kind of almost been the opposite. They're all in places where, uh, you know, maybe you would like to see a, a regular uh, Penny Olympiacs in. So Singapore in 2010, we had Nanjing, obviously in China in 2014, Buenos Aires. I mean, that would be a great Olympic host city. And then we obviously skipped 2022 because of COVID. But in 2026, we're in Dakar, the first time Africa will host any form of Olympic Games in uh, 2026. So uh, excited to see that. As I said, we've got some uh, facts. Let's spread these out throughout the episode. But I'll start with our... Kung Won facts. Now, not a lot that I could find, so we'll mainly we'll stick to the fun South Korean facts. Not that these aren't fun, because I've gone here to a website which Colin had to veto veto for me. He had to like make sure that I was allowed to go to <laughs> kids.kittle.co. Um, <laughs> I googled Kung Won province facts. I didn't Google kids.kittle.co. This isn't like you went to the website. You're like, oh, this is what I was looking for. Oh, but I could use this. <laughs> On one of my it's my homepage. Um, <laughs> but so this is what it says on this website for Kangwon Prize. Kangwon Do is a province of South Korea. The capital is Chuncheon. And again, if I'm mispronouncing that, I apologize. Uh, before it was before Korea was divided in 1945, Kangwon and its North Korean half Kangwon that, that that's pronounced differently. It's got a, like one of those umlauts above the O. I, I apologize for North Korean listeners. There's obviously a completely <laughs> different. It's spelt the same with a different thing on it. Uh, but apparently part of North Korea, which is now North Korea, was part of this province. So that's a very uh, interesting one. Um, it has two islands, Ulengodo. We really should have gotten Noah on this episode. And Dokdo. Um, and apparently Japan and South Korea have a big fight over whose island, whose they belong to. So maybe that could be in the opening ceremony. We didn't see that in Pyeongchang, like war in the opening ceremony. Like, come over, Japan, let's have a fake war. And then they really start a war. That would be the complete opposite of the Olympics. But anyway... Um, and apparently things to do or top destinations. So this is according to kluke.com, the top things to do in Kangwongdo. It's called Korea's adventure province, by the way. Uh, you can explore the charming Chuncheon city. That sounds fun. You can visit the iconic Nami Island. I'm on board. You can do a K-wave tour in Gangnyeong. That sounds fun. It's apparently a K-Wave music and drama tour. There's a BTS bus stop. So if you're a fan oh, of, of course there is. BTS, you can go to the BTS bus stop. You know when you go to like Liverpool and you do the Abbey Road, like you walk across the crossing there for the Beatles? Look at that. I'm going to, <laughs> I'm going to Kung Wong for the BTS bus stop. That sounds fun. Um, and apparently there's like an... At Kung Won Tourist Taxi for Foreigners. They're basically selling you taxis on this website. Um, you can meet fluffy alpacas at Alpaca World. Colin, are you an alpaca fan? Yeah, we actually um, we have all these cards with um, animals that the kids kind of play with, and one of them is alpaca. I'm like, I guarantee the kids don't know what this is, but I'm like, <laughs> I don't have to show that to them now. Okay, you guys, we're going to go to uh, Pyeongchang, 
And we're going to see the alpacas. And I'm sure that they're going to be very excited to go. Is there like subtle racism in the animal world when if you call an alpaca a llama, that's racist? Or a llama an alpaca, uh, that's racist? I Maybe. <laughs> I mean, let's get no one here. I, Should he has a few choice words to say about them? I don't know the difference. Um, I think llamas are frequent in South America in like the Andes. I, yeah, I, I don't think that we have, like, we have alpacas here in Manitoba. We don't have any llamas that I'm aware of. So, I mean, maybe it's a regional thing. It's going to like, be south of the equator. Maybe. In order to do I don't llama. know what we have. I think we have both. We're, we're a diverse country, Australia. Um, <laughs> but it's kind of like, what's the difference between a rabbit and a hare? I mean, you know, I, I don't know. Uh, animal, <laughs> animal, the podium coming soon. Maybe they, Snooker they, and billiards. Maybe, Tell me the difference. Maybe that could be a new question alongside the meatloaf question. Do you know the difference between an alpaca and a llama? <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to the show, Penny Alexiak. Uh, big question for you ahead of your <laughs> next Olympics. <laughs> uh, you can try canoeing at the Changchon uh, Mulgil. Uh, you can fill the rush and go river rafting at Nyaranchon. You can go skiing in Pyeongchang County. Oh, there you go. I didn't know that. There's lots of national parks. There's a lot of water parks. And there's an extreme sports uh, location. So it looks like adventure. So are you, are you into extreme sports and alpacas? Oh, I can't wait to see the alpacas, you know, uh, doing some type of like uh, – um, mogul uh, <laughs> thing or like mogul started the mogul X, X games mogul thing the alpaca the alpaca moguls um, mm. going over some camel humps for moguls that would have been a way to do it I just wanted to update everybody here uh, because we're talking about our North Korean listeners uh, so we can actually check like where we have listeners and everything uh, and it's interesting because like in South America there's three countries where nobody has ever listened to our show or I think there's a couple more Suriname nobody's ever listened to our oh, show in Suriname That's Suriname we celebrated you. <laughs> Meanwhile, there's only a handful of countries in all of Africa anybody's listened to us to. But in Asia, uh, Papua New Guinea and North Korea are the only countries nobody has ever listened to us. Uh, I don't know why. I mean, we have listeners in the Republic of Korea, but nothing in North Korea. I mean, in all fairness, North Korea doesn't really surprise me because are they allowed to listen to podcasts? But Papua New Guinea? Well, I thought that, but I mean, Russia, we have you know some people listening. Yeah, but yeah, but Papua New Guinea, we're not popular there. I'm sorry. Our nearest neighbor in Australia, um, closer to us than New Zealand and Indonesia, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, I'm a bit offended, Papua New Guinea. Um, As I, you should be. I think you're one of the few countries I haven't offended on this show. <laughs> so I have no reason to think why you shouldn't be listening to Papua New Guinea. Uh, well, they shouldn't be listening to us. I listen to Papua New Guinea all the time. I've got my ear to the ground. <laughs> I'm like, what's going on in Port Moresby this week? I, I, I secretly host an underground podcast. I'm Port Moresby's number one <laughs> podcast host, but apparently not on this show. I'm a bit offended. I prefer Papua. And Suriname. I prefer Papua we, Old Guinea. Oh, he's we spent half half of the Pan Am games talking up Suriname, and it didn't generate any listeners there. I don't know what to do anymore, Colin Hewing. I'm, I, I, I'm offended for myself, and that's, that's, uh, that's saying something. Um. We'll bring you more fun facts coming through. Korean facts, don't worry. <laughs> Stay tuned. More alpaca facts coming off, your way. Off the podium, bringing you more facts in 2024. <laughs> That's a promise. Um, actually, just on that, we'll talk about the mascot. Why isn't the mascot an alpaca? Uh, <laughs> I know I not very know. winter-based, but I mean, come on. You missed a trick there, Pyeongchang and Kangwon. It's your, it's your province's animal. 
Well, we we know that uh, Boorang and Surang had to procreate in order to form the mascot, and I don't see an alpaca coming out of them. Oh, you think we're joking? But when we get to this mascot, uh, you you will absolutely blow a gasket. Um, now, just touching on things like sports and and everything, there's a few unique things happening at these uh, Youth Olympics. Now, for the very first time, as I touched on before, we will not have mixed NOC events. Now, if you're unfamiliar with the Youth Olympics, one thing that they've always done, which I personally have not been a fan of, if I'm being honest. I know you're not a fan of the mixed relays and you're going to yell at me, ha, ha, ha. But, like, it's more of... I, I wasn't a fan of some of the mixed ones. Thank some you. of them, I think, work well. I knew you were going to... You had to defend yourself. That's fine. <laughs> but uh, I've never really liked this Youth Olympics. So if they basically would do certain events... And this is when they started the mixed gender events. So back in, I think it was Singapore, the very first Youth Olympics, they had mixed swimming relays. But rather than just being like, hey, let's get two men, two women from the same country, they would have like two women and two men, and they're all from four different countries. So, for example, when we're going to touch on in just a moment, we talked obviously to Remy last week about ice hockey. Australia has Olympic ice hockey medalists. Uh, we just represented ourselves and were part of mixed teams in the skill set challenges, and they had 3x3 hockey uh, back in Lucerne, but they were multiple countries in one team. So let's be honest, some Aussie just rocked up and was like, yeah, g'day, I'll play ice hockey. <laughs> they just were like on the bench of the whole team while the Canadians and the <laughs> Finns and the Americans carried it. Um, but just quickly on that, I, I, not doing it this time around, I, did, were you familiar with this? Were you a fan of the fact that they no. basically would do certain events where they – it wasn't about the competing. It was just like, sure, we'll just get a bit of you, a bit of you, a bit of you. I'm going to shove you all in an event. Because I, I, I don't know. I don't know what the point of that was. Uh, to be honest, I'm not opposed to it on the surface. Like the way that you present that is it's it's not about competing one nation against the other. It's kind of about everybody, you know, kind of joining together. Um, I feel like if you're going to do something like that, don't make it, you know, metal contention or make it like a special award that you get or something mm. like that. Because it almost just feels like it's a way to run up the amount of medals that you... When when your amount of medals then exceeds the amount of actual sports that you're competing in, you know, you've got, what, three players on a team representing three countries. So now you've got gold, silver, and bronze. You've got nine countries potentially getting awarded medals. Um, it, it doesn't feel like it, it should be something that's, that's medal-worthy, but do it as a special award. I kind of like that idea. I mean, just throw some people together and... And it's sort of the whole thing about sportsmanship, right? Just, I mean, yeah, I agree. But I think you can kind of have it as like a, a gala event. Like you, you do that anyway, like with figure skating or gymnastics or just have it as a demonstration one, you know, where it's kind of like if you want to yeah, showcase like, it. Well, like with figure skating, yeah, like the final night showcase thing they do, right? Yeah. And look, I just just on a on a note about this, let's, let's rewind back to 2020, the Lucerne Youth Olympics. I'm just going to read out the top couple of nations on the medal tally. Russia. Apparently allowed to compete at the youth level. Don't ban the Russian kiddies. Like, they're not cheaters. Fucking off you go, Russia. <laughs> That's a bit odd. They top the medal tally. They love the Youth Olympics in Russia. Yes. We give all the drugs to the children and no one ban us. Wasn't the 15-year-old figure skater in freaking Beijing on drugs? Uh, allegedly. Well, uh, allegedly. I, I actually wonder if it's like the, you know, all those allegations. Uh, it's like, oh, the Chinese have... 30-year-olds competing, you know. Uh, <laughs> this is going to be like the Russians. as uh, like, yes, yes, he is 15 years old. And meanwhile, he's got like a horseshoe and he's got like a goatee. <laughs> it was like, what was what Olympics was it when, but yeah, you're right. Like the Chinese uh, were putting in like eight-year-old gymnasts. Like, oh, yeah. yeah. Totally 15. Uh, <laughs> nappies. <laughs> I, 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 was, I was telling you all Alexander there, Popov, like, uh, who's probably about 60 now, is probably, yes, I'm 15-year-old Russian swimmer. 
I'm very, very young. <laughs> it's not related to the Olympics or anything, but it was, I was telling you off air uh, the other day the, the I watched the movie Walk Hard, the Dewey Cox story. Yeah. Uh, and John C. Riley plays himself the entire movie. Basically, he plays his character from the age of 14. And literally, when he gets introduced, his mother walks says, there's my 14-year-old son. And John C. Riley turns around, hi, mom. And then you got Kristen Wiig, who basically is like his groupie. And she's, I'm his 12-year-old girlfriend. And meanwhile, they're both like in their 30s or 40s. It's just hilarious. That's the Russians at the Youth Olympics. I just, I just, they're, they're so like pissed off at the idea. You ban us. We send all athletes to Olympics. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I don't think tennis. I don't know if tennis is a youth Olympic sport. In the same case Anna Kornakova. She's thirteen. Look at her. She's so young and youthful, and she finally wins a match. So well done, Anna. Putin himself is going to show up. Eighty-year-old <laughs> Vladimir Putin. Yes, I am here for curling. I am with mixed team. Um, but so Russia topped the medal tally. Switzerland was second. Host Olympic. Go and good on you, Switzerland. Japan third. Mixed NOCs. Now, technically, they're not classified because uh, Sweden were fourth. But Canada, uh, the last Youth Olympics, one gold, two silver, five bronze, were basically 10 spots lower than the mixed NOCs. Australia, one gold. That's it. And we were thrashed by the mixed NOCs. United States of America and China combined. Mm. Uh, No, they would have won more. But still, they finished below mixed NOCs. Norway, the kings of the Winter Olympics. (laughs) This is this is why they don't have them anymore. I think the US, China, Norway got all together and were like, no, we don't get beat the Olympics by mixed NOCs. Um, but, to me, that kind of makes this more unpredictable because I was going back over the last couple, anyways, you know, for our medal predictions that we're going to have coming up near the end, uh, and it, it's it's all over the place, and I kind of like that because mm. you normally know going into the Olympics. Oh, the Netherlands going to win all the speed skatings, and uh, oh, US is going to win in the gymnastics or whatever, and Canada is going to pack in the hockey or something like that. But uh, the, the fact is, even when you look at just the metal tallies, like you can't even predict who I, I it looks like host nations usually do get pretty close to the top. Yeah. But uh, I mean, number one country, I mean, it, it's complete wild card. I mean, United States was up there uh, one year and then the next year there's nothing They're outside the top 10. It is, yeah. And that's, that is one thing that it's going to be very hard with our metal predictions because it is a very hard one to predict when it comes to, because again, I think a lot of the emphasis if you've never watched huge Olympics is kind of more on the athlete, like, and not that they're not in the Penny Olympiacs, but I mean, <laughs> you know, it's, it's also not like team USA are going like, yeah, we're gonna, we're gonna dominate, dominate the winter youth Olympics. They're probably literally waking up like yesterday going, Hey, Barry, you want to send some of these kids over, over to Korea? Like what for <laughs> Frank? Oh, there's a youth Olympics. <laughs> Barry and Frank. <laughs> High-ranking USOC officials. Typical US name is Barry and Frank. <laughs> I'm just your typical American uh, official at the Olympic Committee. Can, can we just do, like, for the next Olympics, we'll just do our own commentary, except our commentary will all be brought to you by US commentators Barry and Frank. Hi there, Frank. <laughs> yes, Barry. Well, I mean, I was going to touch on it uh, closing out that Snoop Dogg has just been announced as a uh, official commentator, color presenter for NBC oh, on the ground in I Paris. I saw that, yeah. <laughs> I'm here with Snoop Dogg, Barry. We sure are, Frank. <laughs> Barry and Frank show. Uh, <laughs> that's why Jared's not here. Uh, you know, he, he, uh, no, I don't like this Barry and Frank joke. I'm, I'm out. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not showing up. He's very anti-Barry and Frank. Um <laughs> 
But anyway, no mixed NOCs. But we do have gender parity. So this is the first ever Olympics of any kind where the IOC has said 50% male, 50% female events. So we're not going to have this kind of disparity where it's kind of like, you know, oh, these events will only have women, these events will only have men, Mm. and they're trying to, like, you know, balance it out. So we're often seeing that in the Penny Olympics where, you know, let's scrap some (laughs) events because women need to win these events and... You know, vice versa, we're seeing men obviously being allowed to be in artistic swimming for the first time this year in Paris, things like that. This is, I, I like this. I'm a fan of this because this is one thing that I always question. It's like, well, why do men not have this event in an Olympics? Why do women not have this event in the Olympics? To me, it doesn't make sense in a modern world. Like, I, I, I weirdly question baseball and softball. Why do we have to have baseball for men, softball for women? Shouldn't we have men's and women's softball, men's and women's baseball? Like, I mean, it's kind of a thing like yeah. that. So I like this. I'm a fan and obviously you can experiment a bit more with the, the Youth Olympics. A, a, a full Penny Olympics is going to be a little bit tricky for the IOC to just wake up tomorrow and go 50% everything because you've got sporting bodies. Whereas I don't really know if the International Ice Hockey Federation are sitting around going, fuck it, no, we want more men in our... Like, I don't know. They probably don't really give a shit. Because again, it's a Thursday morning before the Youth Olympics. I'm like, oh yeah, fuck, sure, whatever, IOC. I don't know. I like this. I'm a fan of this. Well, uh, the one question I had um, is for the bobsled because um, th- does this mean that we have female four-person teams and this is going to help get enough athletes for country to the future or is this all going to be monobob for boys and girls both men's and women's monobob so i guess guess the thing Uh with youth olympics too is it's it's because it's a scale back olympics we don't have like all the events you were seeing at a full penny olympic so like for bobsled we literally only have a men's and a women's bob uh monobob uh so summer olympics for example basketball has always been 3x3 it's just street basketball they don't have like full teams and ice hockey uh, you know, they used to have a skill competition and now it's just a, a 3x3 and just a, a five on five. So there are certain sports where you don't have that full level of competition that you would have, say, in in the Penny Olympics. I feel like there's been a missed opportunity too, though, because we were talking about how, uh, and I think we've even talked to a lot of the, uh, the, the, the female bobsledders out there, that um, there's just not enough countries in order to make this work with a four-woman yeah. sled this feels like the opportunity where if you're going to hold an event, you're 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 getting people ready so that in four, eight years time, you're going to have enough uh, countries and enough uh, women to pad out this event so you can actually have a four-woman uh, bobsled event. Yeah, and I'm sure maybe it's on the cards. I'll try it along the way as these kind of grow. But I also think they, they don't want to make these on a level. Where, we've seen it with the Commonwealth Games. Like The Commonwealth Games are almost like always a scaled back, you know, traditional sport. Then come 98 mm-hmm. when they started adding team events, they and we're seeing a lot of that issues now with hosting them, that they're almost becoming blowing out to expensive like an Olympics, whereas the Commonwealth Games were never yeah. kind of like that. Uh, so I think their goal would be to keep these quite basic. Uh, there are a total of 81 events, so seven sports and 15 disciplines. And if you're thinking to yourself, well, if there are 81 events, that's not 50-50 because, you know, that doesn't equal half and half. You have mixed, obviously, events. So there are 34 individual events for men, 34 individual events for women. So if my maths are correct, that's 68. So that means that there would be 13 mixed relay events as well, mixed events as well for that one. That was a very dramatic yawn, Colin. <laughs> like, I don't usually <laughs> like to point out physical things we're doing on this show, but Colin's, and you know, not video, but Colin's just like, <laughs> like, it's like roaring like a lion. <laughs> You know, it's, it's funny because like you, you don't realize how much like a visual cue matters, but I wasn't looking at you when I was yawning. Whereas I know if I was looking at you, I probably would have covered my mouth because it's just like, you know, 
second nature. But the fact that I was just on a screen, even though I'm hearing your voice, I'm just feel free to be like, oh. <laughs> we often yawn on this show because we hate each other. But like, it was just a very dramatic yawn. <laughs> I'm all for that. I wish we did release these as video episodes. Uh, 1,803 athletes from 79 countries will be at these Olympics. And we've got five nations making their Winter Youth Olympic debut. Algeria, Nigeria, Puerto mm. Rico, Tunisia, and the United Arab Emirates. And oh. on that, Tunisia and United Arab Emirates are making their debut at any form of Olymp- Winter Olympics. So for Tunisia and the United Arab Emirates, this is the first time we've ever seen them at any win, which I, I'm on board. I'm always on board for new yeah. countries, but for Winter Olympics, Tunisia, United Arab Emirates, let's get on board. Yeah, when I saw those list of nations, I'm like, man, this is exciting. Like to to see uh, you know any of these nations competing. I mean, maybe Algeria. I don't know if the, they have more of a Winter Olympics presence, but uh, it, it's a great list of countries. And you know, everybody always likes to get behind the. The uh, what was it? The Tongan in the mm. Winter Olympics, or the Jamaican bobsled team, or yeah. uh, once upon a time that was probably Australia. You know, oh, Australia in the Winter Absolutely. Olympics. But uh, but yeah, to see Nigeria and Tunisia there, I mean, that's gonna be that's gonna be awesome. I, I, I and again, as a testing ground, you know, we have these athletes who are going to be getting ready so that in a couple of years. You know, when they actually have a chance to compete in the Penny Olympics. (laughs) (laughs) I can't get over that. That's such a great one. It really is. She's literally now become the spokesperson for this entire show. Um, But uh, she's still like like 12, isn't she? She's still young. She's she's like 21 now, isn't she? Compete in the Youth Olympics still. Um, But uh, anyways, long story short, uh, you know, in a couple of years, we could be seeing these nations and it'll actually be real contenders there. And the thing that I always like love about seeing these countries that, because generally when you see, say, like an African or sort of like a Caribbean nation, they're often, it's usually alpine skiing, let's be honest. And, and a lot of yeah. the time they're, they're doing that because it's sort of like it's, it, there's a pathway there. So I'm looking here at the United Arab Emirates. Uh, I don't know who their athlete is, but their, their one athlete will be a male skier in uh, alpine skiing. So that's who they've qualified for. But looking at Tunisia, I'm excited for this. Three athletes, all in the monobob. Uh, so you've Ooh. got Jonathan Lorimi in the men's monobob. And in the women's monobob, you've got Sophie Gorbel and Bea Mokrani will be competing in the bobset. So, I mean, I'm just saying right now, cool runnings too. Tunisia. Um, uh, again, another nation that I don't feel we've really talked too much about on this show. So hello to our... Do we have any Tunisian listeners? Colin, do you have that page... Still open there? Oh, let, let me check. I'd feel um, that's an African nation that would tune into us. We're, we're not oh, anti-Tunisia. Who is? I don't why know. wouldn't they? Um, <laughs> if you hate Tunisia, yeah. check yourself in the mirror. I like their flag. <laughs> it's kind of like check yourself, but different. <laughs> is that, um, is that I, their motto? Kind of like Turkey, but different? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I've offended Tunisia now. I don't know. They're never going to listen now. Um, we've never had a listener in Tunisia. Oh. Again, most most of Africa never had listeners there. So come on. What's we, we, we are determined. We, let's find any way. We're going to tag our episodes. Uh, we're going to put like, you know, Tourism Tunisia on them or something like that. Uh, we're going to talk a lot about t- 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 Star Wars or something that's going to get them listening. I don't know, Tatooine. Um, now that they've heard that, they're probably like, that's more, there's more to Tunisia than Tatooine. It's a national anthem where they win the monobob. Actually, when I stayed in Montreal, I stayed in an Airbnb and it was a, he was a Tunisian and very proud of his country. And he would see, he actually sat me down for a long time and showed me it. And like, obviously I said like, oh, Star Wars. And it's like, yeah, no, absolutely. We're very proud of this. But from what he showed me, it's a, it's a beautiful country. Yeah, I, and I I thought that during the last Olympics that we uh we did have at least somebody who was on the table for athlete of the day from Tunisia. Um, mm. 
I'm pretty sure it was a swimmer too, because I thought like, oh, they won Tunisian swimming. Didn't was, they win the medal? One of their medals. Wasn't they win, yeah. win the gold? They, didn't they, they? That guy like, um, yeah, 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 he won. Uh, great Olympic podcast. That guy who won the medal. <laughs> um, no, he he. Uh, I've got this right here. Ahmed Hanavi. Ahmed Hafnoui. Uh, he yeah. won the 400 because uh, that was yeah, Matt Horton's that. event. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, didn't didn't he win it? Didn't we give it to him? Didn't we give him the athlete? Of the I think we did. I'm pretty I'm, sure we clearly did. Clearly, it didn't translate into listeners. Clearly, not uh, even he listened. And they got a silver medal uh, with Muhammad Kali Jendobi in the uh, taekwondo as well. So no, I, now absolutely breezy. We do a lot of episodes on this show, but we cover a lot of Olympics. All right, we can't know every athlete off the top of our head, but now we we are going to we're going to closely follow Jonathan Lurimi, Sophie Gorbel, and Bayer Mokrani. All right, we are we are on team yeah. board. We're team Tunisia. All right. One of them will listen to us. Exactly. That's all I want. Just one of them. I'm just going to say. But you know what's sad? If they're listening, it's probably going to be during the Youth Olympics. It's going to register as more listeners from Korea, not Tunisia. That's, that's where they're listening from. Look how Japanese listeners from 2020. Uh, they're they're <laughs> all the Tunisians in the village. Like, all right. We'll find our medals. Let's listen off the podium. All right. Uh, let, <laughs> let's, let's do this. Um, Australia and Canada, uh, just touching on that. Um, so Australia is sending a team of 47. Uh, Canada, I can see here, looks like they're sending 78. Now, I don't know how much you've got on the because you said there's not a lot of coverage. The, I, I did see, and we, we retweeted it last week, um, the mixed doubles team from Canada, who looking at this photo, do look like children. Um, <laughs> Kaylee Locke and Simon Perry will be your mixed in, uh, mixed team at the the curling so i i'm assuming gold coming their way um but is there much uh, around sort of any of your athletes because again this is this is one thing i'll say the beauty about the youth olympics this isn't like a penny olympiacs where it's like oh yeah go we're gonna win this we're gonna win that generally and I'll, i've got some great stats here from the australian olympic committee which i'll get to in a second but it's more it's more about the we're going to send people in this, we're going to send this, and we're, we're looking forward. There's never expectations on, like, Australia mm-hmm. isn't, or Canada isn't going to be like, oh, government inquiry, we only won a bronze at the Youth Olympics. Like, <laughs> oh, eh, go to Ottawa, eh, this isn't good, eh, oh, no, sorry, eh. <laughs> like, Justin Trudeau, national apology, <laughs> day after the Youth Olympics. <laughs> on behalf of Canada, I wish to formally apologise for the Youth Olympics, eh. That sounded like Frank or Barry, not Justin Trudeau. <laughs> sorry, Way too bonjour, much American Justin in Trudeau. <laughs> Do I want to get my nice ass out for you? Um, anything on Canadian athletes or anything, anything you want no. And I mean, I would think maybe it's because it's the Youth Olympics. They're not going to be doing like profiles on athletes. But again, when we go into the Canada Games, they'll be like, hey, here's some of the big athletes to watch out for. Uh, really, the only thing you can really find is just like, this is the roster for the hockey team. Um, I, I did see it was exciting. Oh, you care about all this hockey. Yeah. It's pretty much, yeah. <laughs> But uh, and again, Canada has yet to win a gold in this. I mean, we've medaled, uh, it looks like, in every single Youth Olympics, just never the gold. Uh, but the head coach is actually from Headingley, Manitoba, which might as well be Winnipeg. I mean, you could walk to Headingley from uh, the, from Winnipeg. Um, I have a coworker who used to bike to work from Headingley every single day. Uh, and, uh, and another member of the coaching staff, yet we have no Manitobans on the hockey team. But uh, uh, it's on kind of exciting team? that, I mean... I, um, oh, oh, I'm talking about the hockey team right no, now. Well, I don't know. Do we have I, any on the curling team? I don't know, but I was just asking. You're, you're the home of curling, aren't you? So, yeah, but uh, I, I can't find anything other than the hockey team. I wouldn't know. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I, I'm assuming this is going to be more so as the games progress. That's when they want to, and maybe that is the thing about not setting too high expectations. You know, once medals start coming in, that's when it's like, all right, let's give a profile on this person. But I, uh, but again, I kind of like it because 
you know, all jokes aside about Australia's performances at the Youth Olympics, and we obviously had Josie Baff on a couple of years ago ahead of um, Beijing, and she won Australia's very first ever Winter Youth Olympics medal back in 2020. And, you know, she talked about how much that meant for her and how big of a deal that was. So I kind of like that you go into this without these expectations. We do have male and female role models where the IOC designate big name athletes from sports into, you know, to help them out. Uh, Eileen Goo apparently is on that list somewhere, folks. So uh, yippee, we're back on the Goo train. But uh, I see Canada's only representative. You've got Brendan Kelly in freestyle skiing who is joining our Australia's own and former off-the-podium guest Sammy Kennedy Sim in that. And former off-the-podium guest Jacqueline Narricott is Skeleton's uh, role model as well. So, And then you've also got Tess Critchlow in snowboarding is uh, the female role model. So that's kind of a a cool little thing that they do along the way. uh, Yeah, I actually met Brendan Kelly um, a couple of years ago um, in Calgary uh, because that was like uh, one of his first um, World Cup events that he was competing in for moguls. So... I didn't even know he was going to be there. That's cool. There you go. <laughs> Collins Reaction. That's cool. Uh, <laughs> yeah. All cool. right. Go Brandon Kelly. Yep. Do it. Um, for Australia, <laughs> our 47 uh, team will be across eight different disciplines. Uh, and so we'll be competing for Australia with freestyle skiing, snowboard, cross country, alpine skiing, uh, biathlon, figure skating, short track speed skating, and ice hockey. Um, obviously we had Remy on last week to talk a lot about that, which would be great into if you haven't checked it out. So please, and obviously history for Australia, the first time we have had any form of team representing our country at any form of the Olympics since 1960. And I'm saying it right now, we're going to get more than three goals this time around. So, um, just putting out there in the, in the women's three X three hockey, but, uh, pretty, pretty strong team here. I, I am absolutely a massive fan in cross-country skiing of the person that we are going to be referring to as Satara Moon. Now, that is a name. Can we get Satara Moon on this show? Because... That sounds like a mascot name. It, it really does. She's only 15, um, so we might have to wait a couple of years. But seriously, like, if Cherry has a child, I'm calling it Satara Moon. Um, that is a, that is a comment. I mean, Barry and Frank would be all, oh, and here comes young Satara Moon uh, on the cross-country skiing course. What do you think, Barry? I think she's in for a good day, Frank. Uh, so I'm, I'm completely on board with that. This is actually going to be the first time we get moguls at a Winter Youth Olympics. So, yeah, that's uh, exciting. The Lottie Lodge and Edward. We've got some great names on this. I'm telling you now. <laughs> We're gonna have some- Lottie Lodge. That's better than Zatara Moon. Oh, that's like a that's a venue, isn't it? We're we're heading out now to Lottie Lodge for the the girls <laughs> moguls. And here's our here's our mascot Zatara. Moon. This isn't us making fun of these names. These are amazing names. Yeah. Um. Uh. So yeah. Do you? I I don't know. This is a question without notice. I don't know if you've got this uh, available. And if not, you can Google it because you can do some work on this show, Colin Hilding. Uh, who's your chef de mission? Because uh, ours is um, um, Ramon Cooper, uh, former yeah. Olympian from Vancouver for us. Uh, we have a former curler, uh, Lisa Weagle. Okay. Another great name, Lisa Weagle. Lisa Weagle. There we go. I love- Lisa Weagle, Lottie Lodge. I love the Weagles. They're my favorite children's group. <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> Ramon Cooper, former mogulist as well. So uh, there you go for, for us. But, uh, yeah, I mean, look, this this is – I feel this – when we do our predictions and I feel over the coming weeks when we're covering this – uh, it's not going to be like, ah, Australia, we're, we're eight days in and we haven't won a medal. Like, I mean, I don't think we really care if we win a medal or not at these games. It's mm. more about that. But obviously we get a lot of transition from some of these athletes 
uh, go on to to big things at the Penny Olympiacs as well. Uh, now we're going to get to things like mascots and everything along those lines, but let's let's bring you. I've got here eighteen fun facts about Korea, and I, I feel like we're wasting time here. We haven't got to any of these. Um, apparently, this is according to GlobalAdmissions.com. I always like to uh, cite our sources on this show. This isn't just us making it up. Uh, the number one fun fact about South Korea: South Korea has weird museums. Um, including the Poo Poo Land, dedicated to all things poop. Uh, you can even join a poo party. Uh, there's a toilet-shaped house called the Hai Woje Museum. Apparently, a former mayor was so fascinated with toilets that he turned his home into a museum, and you can visit it for free. Now, I'm sorry to a former mayor of a city or a town in Korea. Turning your house into a toilet does not make me want to visit your house. I think he's just lonely. People like toilets. Come to my house. Um, people, do people like toilets or are they just necessary? Well, I don't think I've ever looked at a toilet and gone, I don't like you. I mean, uh, yeah, honestly, but I've also never looked at a toilet. That's a beaut. I mean, Ooh, in all fairness. Can't wait to sit on that. All the most important things in my house, I'd say toilet probably number one. <laughs> I know, but like if, if, if you're going through your regular day, how many times do you like... Can't wait to sit down and take a dump. Oh, I don't know about you, but I've had nice. some pretty good dumps in my life, and I'm pretty, pretty happy. <laughs> I'm usually like, oh, it's been a long day. I want to get off my feet, lay down on the couch, maybe go take a nap. I'm like, oh, such a long, hard day. I can't wait to go take a dump. We have different lives, my friend, because I've definitely come home and gone, I can't wait to take a dump on my toilet rather than outside. <laughs> Um, this, this show. <laughs> what are your big plans for today? I'm going to take a dump. I've been waiting for it all day. <laughs> this is too much information, but I don't care. I used to have a thing. This is I, what happens when Jared's not here. When, when I used to have pub, uh, public radio, when I had breakfast radio, they used to let me do that. One of my favorite rituals was I'd come home from my, doing my show before I'd edit, I'd put the kettle on, get ready to the toilet. I'm like, right, time for my morning dump. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it was a ritual. I had, I enjoyed it. You know, you ever just go through the day and you're like, ah, oh, you know, I got to do the dishes. I'm like, Ooh, I'm feeling something moving down there. Yes. Time for the dump. All right. Prairie dog in it. Woo. I'm waiting for you. Uh, I've been waiting for you. That's the official song of the toilet museum. I've been waiting for you at the poo poo museum. Uh, instead of a common, how are you greeting? South Koreans often ask, did you eat rice? <laughs> Before you took your dump, I love that. Like, uh, Colin, uh, did you eat rice? Uh, <laughs> I did. I did have rice. I had it for lunch. That's amazing. I love that. I'm gonna do that for. This is like I think we're talking about it before. Like English people, they they often have that instead of saying yeah, how are you? They'll go you all right or you okay. Like that's kind yeah. of a very English thing. And I remember when I didn't know that was a thing. You'd have like an easy, hey, you're on bed, you're, you're okay. And I'm like, yeah, why wouldn't I be? <laughs> and I'd get offended. I'm just going to meet a Korean. How you going, Korean? You have rice? <laughs> you have rice? I'm going to think I'm being racist. Like, oh, go to the Asian person. Did you eat rice? <laughs> racist? I'm like, no, that's what they say. <laughs> you better start every episode with that. <laughs> I need to ask Noah. I need to fact check this with Noah. Otherwise, globaladmissions.com is racist. And they're throwing us under a bus here. Um... South Korea's writing system, Hangul, is both elegant and practical. K-pop and K-dramas have become international phenomena. Thank you, we knew that. Waste management. What is this thing about toilets and poo on this website? <laughs> Waste management is significant concern in South Korea with strict regulations. Uh, and in South Korea, it is perfectly okay to enjoy alcoholic drinks in public. So everyone's drunk. They're going to the toilet. 
And this is why no one moved there. That makes sense. No, no, no. This is why they're asking if you had rice. You want to make sure you have something to absorb all the alcohol. <laughs> oh, um, uh, many South Koreans share a common fear known as electric fan death. Oh, hang on. Uh, <laughs> it's a belief that leaving an electric fan running overnight can be lethal to the person sleeping directly beneath it. This phenomenon is, in fact, a widespread urban legend in South Korea. While media and press have repeatedly debunked it, confirming no actual deaths have occurred due to this, its superstition still lingers to this day. Wow. Uh, and one more for the moment. South Korea takes the crown for producing more than 90% of the world's seaweed. I'm enamored by facts. We'll have more of them coming your way very, very shortly. Facts right now, though, that the important ones that we do these for, mascots, um, medals, branding. <laughs> yes. The fun parts. Um, just quickly, I hate the logos for the Youth Olympics. If there's one thing about the Youth oh. Olympics that I do not like, it's the fact that we generally just get font, box, the same. Like, at least if you look at the Singapore Youth Olympics, they had, like, a star. And I remember back in the day, I'm like, oh, that's a pretty rubbish logo. That's a fantastic logo compared to all the logos. They're not very good logos for the Youth Olympics. Nothing to talk about there, really, uh, with that. But uh, there's also a theme song, which it's on the website. So if you go Is to... There? Well, I, I would love to tell you what it sounds like, but it literally, if you go to the Gangwon 2024 official website and go to the theme song... You can download sheet music for it. Uh, there's no link to listening to it. Um, I, I haven't done music since I was like 13, so I don't think I can read sheet music anymore. So if you're a budding musician and you want to play the official theme song, uh, you can do that. The song contains a message for the Youth Olympic Games participants who are evolving their own goals for the future to believe in themselves and do their best to move forward. That's what we need to do. Give it to Cherry. Cherry will be on board with that. Um, can you read sheet music? I I'm going to guess no. I, you, you weren't listening to me. I just said I couldn't. So, I wasn't listening. Uh, no, know. he really wasn't listening. I was trying to read the sheet music. <laughs> I was too distracted. <laughs> tell, tell us you're not listening without telling us that you're not listening. Um, <laughs> no, I was. I, I, I cannot. Can you, Colin Hilding? You're, you're, you come from the blood of uh, parents I, who I, had sex with musicians. Um, yeah, well, and they, they were music. Everybody in my family is a musician up to me. Um, and then everybody gives up. Uh, but... Uh, I, I learned how to do it back when I was a kid. Maybe with a refresher, I could learn it and play it on air before the Youth Olympics. Good luck. Um, also, the medals look pretty cool. So they, had, they have, I nearly was going to enter, but I'm not artistic or creative, hence why I do off the podium. But they had a medal design competition where like people around the world could design the medals. And uh, obviously, they, they chose it. The, the, they look pretty cool. But can I just say, um, I love the prizes for what you got if you won the medals. So uh, the competition winner, Got a four-day, well, we'll get a four-day visit for two people to these Olympic Games in Kangwon, <laughs> South Korea, 2024. Access the opening ceremony, sports events, a set of medals, so you win your own medals, Ooh. and a pair of Panasonic headphones. Uh, <laughs> 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 I love how they've got this, like, detailed prize package. You get this, you get this, and a pair of Panasonic headphones. <laughs> and the two runners-up will receive a pair of Panasonic headphones. <laughs> so good luck to them. And also, They're uh, nice medals, though. They are. They are very nice medals. And also there is the Kangwon Immersive Metaverse, which I shared in our group during the week. Basically, for the very first time, you can download an app and you can create an avatar mm. and you can go around the villages and stuff. Now, I tried to do it. I was banned because I'm hanging around kids. But uh, <laughs> basically, it would not download properly on my phone. The The online one is a bit slow and clunky, but I ended up in like the opening ceremony stadium. 
there was a museum there and I just saw animated stuff. I don't know. Did you get a bit of a chance to have a bit of a look around this Kung Wan metaverse? No, I haven't had a chance to yet. Um, but um, I, I, I figure I'll have at least more success than you did because I'm not going to be banned or anything. And plus you're Canadian. You probably got better internet than we do. But I think during the actual <laughs> Olympics, they will have like during an event, you can do stuff like, like the ski jumping's on. You might be able to get a little avatar and ski jump. So, you know, it seems pretty cool what they're doing there with that. So something to get the kiddies involved. But all right, the, the mascot. Now, it's always our yes. favorite. Uh, I, I wanted to share this with the group, but then I thought, like, no, wait till we're on air. Uh, we have got Moong Cho. Now, I, I don't feel that's a Boorang and Soorang where I'm mispronouncing <laughs> that. But speaking of Boorang and Soorang, Moong Cho is a snowball, which in itself, pretty cool. Unique, outside the box, not an alpaca, but still we'll roll with it. <laughs> Moon Cho is a snowball that was used in a fight between Boorang and Soorang <laughs> at the 20... 20- they have come up with this concept of, hey, we had an Olympics, let's create an offspring. And so with the nicest possible way for 15 to 18-year-olds, oh, they had a snowball fight and this is what was born with it. Boorang and Soorang fucked, and this is the result. Uh, let's just be honest with it. Let's say it how it is. The IOC won't say it. This is how a baby is born. This is <laughs> genius, Colin. I, 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 yeah. I, as much as I think we've all loved Bing Dwen Dwen and everything along those lines, why didn't the mascots from 20, 2008 just have an orgy and create? Maybe <laughs> they really are the long-lost parents <laughs> of Bing Dwen Dwen. But, I mean, this is fantastic. What an idea. And I... I it's cute. I don't know if it's a he or she. They're cute. It's a cute snowball and it's parents we loved back in the day. Uh, yeah. Boorang and Surang. Um, uh, like I, I love the, the just description of everything about it. Um, the, 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 the idea, they always have to come up with these, l- let's find a way to explain, you know, we need to, we need to use this as a template and really get full on with cherry. Sorry to interrupt. Oh, like cherry was a result of Penny Lexic having sex with a chair. What? <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't where I was going with that, but, um, uh, you... it, it was, it was a chair fight between <laughs> Penny Alexiak and should have gone with that one. Should have gone with that one. Yeah. Uh, hello, Penny, if you're listening. We've been complimentary uh, right with, now. Now we've got images. Enough with the uh, having babies here. But, uh, yeah, they always try to come up with these explanations. Like, to me, this is – maybe it is just you need you need children to actually come up with these ideas because this seems like the most logical, whatever you want to call it, creature, uh, mascot creature that has existed in Olympic history. Like, it's a snowball uh, or a snowball fight. This is what came out of it. I love they even have like every single snowball is unique. I mean, I think every snowflake is unique. I think every single snowball is like you can literally have a machine that builds snowballs. They're no longer unique. Uh, but still, uh, even even the personality that they have written here is fearless in the face of any challenge is always willing to help a friend in need. Uh, yeah, I, I love this. The Muncho, whatever you want to pronounce it. We're probably butchering it here. Uh and um, uh, can, can we just say right now, this is the best Olympic mascot we've had. I mean, outside of the, the obvious, uh, um, Dwayne, Dwayne. what's his name? I was going to say outside of the obvious Bing Dwayne. But like being on board with it from day one, we were not on board with Bing Dwayne from day one. True, true. So this is the earliest, I think, that I've come around on a mascot. i got to say, I mean, you're right. I love the explanation. We were planning, I mean, maybe we'll still do it with Cherry. We need to come up with more of like a, a branding for Cherry. But uh, so yeah, Mong Cho uh, derives from the Korean verb, 
Mungchida, which means to gather as one. And the official story here, a snowball that Surang and Bandaby, or as we like to call him, Burang, the official mascots of Pyeongchang 2018, using a snowball fight in Gangwon province, was born, again, as Mungcho, ahead of Gangwon, Kangwon 2024 Youth Olympic Games, having inherited the quality of sportsmanship from Surang and Bandaby, Mungcho is eagerly awaiting for the games to start, just like the rest of us. Um, we're on a pretty good... Did sh- you get... F- hmm? Mm-hmm. I was going to say, did you get far enough to Moonshow's personality? Oh, yeah, I've got that here. Uh, always running with the front of passion and courage. Moonshow is a fearless in the face of any challenges, always willing to help a friend in need. Hashtag it's fearless. It's the hashtag second passion. part here. Oh, do you want to read it? It's the second it? part here it. where Moonshow's signature pose is one of the mascots smiling and greeting people to the games with a hand held high. Like, like, is that the best you come up with? A po- I understand that is his pose, but like, there's no story about it. His pose is he's smiling and holding a hand. See, again, <laughs> IOC, I'm calling out your bullshit. All right, you also went to Upwork and hired a artist, didn't you? That they would charge you for more than one pose. Uh, <laughs> so I'm just saying right now, they, they've done the cherry route with this one. Uh, <laughs> they can't afford to pay for the spend a lot of money uh, on that immersive experience. You know what Donovan Bailey's saying looking at this right now? He's looking at it saying, oh, it's a snowball. <laughs> oh, it's a snowball. Um, I will say we are on a good streak with the mascot, so Colin. I think that we came around with Bing Dwen Dwen. Uh, but like, what have we had? Bing Dwen Dwen, uh, y- y- you know, Tazuni, even though she snobbed us. Um, the 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 cool little Lima, uh, Lima, the the you know the the bird thing from um, the fucking what are they the called? The Pan, Pan Ams, Ams one. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, Which, the one that they, they couldn't grab the medal. <laughs> pew, pew, or pew, or whatever it was pew, called. Pew, 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 yeah. Pew, pew. Seriously, follow it on Instagram. And did we, I don't think we discussed. I got we got a message from uh, a fan who basically was saying how big that mascot was and that it's sold out and that you cannot buy it. And like, this was like the biggest thing to ever happen. So uh, I'm really excited to kind of see how that keeps going on there. And uh, obviously uh, Frege, who I just was on the Paris um, merchandise store because they've just dropped to the day of recording this, some cool new looking merchandise. And I'm special right now and I'm way too tempted to buy it. I do not need it. For only $30 Australian, you can buy a Frege ugly Christmas sweater, which is Frege oh. in a Christmas tree that says ho, ho, ho under it. Now, seriously. Send me that link too. I need is, it for it next is, Christmas. It is so amazing and it's cheap. And why wouldn't you want to buy? And you can also get a Frege bathrobe with like the hoodie, which is Frege. So, uh, I mean, this, this Paris. They're stepping up. They've got some great freaking merchandise. I am telling you now. Uh, they really are stepping up with their merchandise. I will try and send you this link if I can find it. There it is. <laughs> this is great podcasting. Uh, I, I mean, this is this is a part where I'm most sad that Jared is not with us because Jared is the mascot king. So uh, I'm sure he would be uh, rating very, very highly here. Moon Cho. So uh, <laughs> Colin's <laughs> laughing. Uh- I mean, it's so hard to tell if Frege is sitting in this tree and then you see the feet underneath and you realize Frege is dressed as a tree. Yeah, right? Like, I mean, who doesn't want that jumper? Like, it is such a oh, cool Oh, it's amazing. Um, so a couple other things we'll touch on. We'll close this out. Uh, let's just a couple more quick facts here. Uh, South Koreans dedicate a remarkable 55 hours a week to work. So in other words, they're basically workaholics. Did you call them South Africans? South, did I say South Koreans? I said South Koreans, I th- right? Oh, I might, my might have just been my hearing. I thought I heard South You're Africans. You're not listening to me, are you? <laughs> um, Noah can attest to that. I've heard his stories about their blood types hold significant importance in Korean culture. Well, I think most cultures, we need to know what our blood types are if we're going to, you know. Uh, <laughs> South Korean boasts the world's fastest wireless internet speeds and Australia has the slowest. 
Uh, surprisingly, South Korea <laughs> boasts an astonishing variety of 150 types of kimchi. I'm not a kimchi fan. Do you like kimchi? I I buy it, um, but it's one of these things where it's like a little goes a long way. So we go to Costco and we get these containers. It's like, it'll last for three months. I'll definitely be done in three months. I'm like, I'm half done it. Uh, South Korea, facial hair on men. I love how that does signify men is generally discouraged <laughs> and perceived as unclean. Women, fine. But it's encouraged for women. <laughs> Grow as much as you like, women of South Korea. Fruit <laughs> is considered a lavish and pricey gift in South Korea. Uh, esports are taken very seriously. South Korea, it is a cultural belief to never write a Korean's name in red ink. There you go. Uh, I better not do that. Uh, South Korea individuals are traditionally considered one year old at birth. I knew that fact. That is a very interesting fact. So you're like, what, 57? So you'd be 58 right now if you were in South Korea. Um, Does that mean they age out of the games a year earlier than the other nations? That is a fantastic question, and I don't know the answer (laughs) to, but that is is solid logic from Colin Hilding. Uh, And Seoul is renowned as one of the top destinations worldwide for students. There you go. Cool. You've learned all about Korea today. Um, we're going to do some medal predictions, but any other thoughts? I mean, uh, you said, so CBC, I, I know here in Australia, it's been shown on nine Go, So one of the digital channels, obviously channel nine have the Olympics now, if you didn't realize that Australia, but I believe if it will be anything like what they've done with the Olympics in the past, they generally show like an hour highlights package. And cause it's a winter youth Olympics, I'm going to assume they're going to show this at like midnight. But I think this is one of those ones where if you do go to the Olympics, YouTube channel, and also if you've got the Olympics app, they're generally pretty solid. And I think they even do show a lot of live events as well, uh, just straight through the YouTube and the YouTube, the YouTube, the, uh, YouTube. the YouTube account is what I'm trying to say and the Olympic channel. So, but if a Canadians, is it CBC like their apps or anything like that? You don't have any yeah. information on that? They, they've updated now with the actual start time showing that like you can at least stream the, uh, the opening ceremonies, which I'm going to guess is going to be for the, the whole games. It'll probably be very similar to Commonwealth games and Pan Am games where you could just, check out however many feeds they have. I don't know whether it'll be good or not. And Pan Am Games was kind of garbage for the coverage. I thought Commonwealth Games is actually better than the Pan Am Games for the coverage. I see my but, uh, Pan Am's um, website is still loading. I'm still trying to watch the uh, <laughs> the freaking... Basketball of Thank you. <laughs> Which, fun fact, I learned during the week, actually was an Olympic sport at one point in history. Way back in the day. Really? So it was an Olympic sport at one point in history. So there you go. We, we really did our research on this show. Um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm hoping that they do like the weekend highlights because what they seem to do for these non-Olympic games is uh, you're not going to catch it actually on TV Monday to Friday, but then on Saturday nights and Sunday nights, they'll air like, you know, two hours or two and a half hour block where they show highlights as well. Um, I'll, I'll be watching on the CBC Sports app regardless, but I mean, I kind of, I don't know if it's like you, I kind of like to watch like the actual TV coverage because that's Mm. where you know that they're, they're not just going to go the lazy route of this has no commentary or it just has somebody else commentary. You get to see what your country's producing or how much effort they're putting into it. And we can also jump in and commentate with Frank and, and Barry. So Frank uh, and Barry, yeah. Uh, just just on Basketball at the 1900 Olympics, uh, I, I, I need to read this because this is fantastic. Only two teams entered, one from Spain and one from France. But the French team of Maurice Ducaté and Etigray withdrew due to a disagreement about the rules. Therefore, the contest was scratched and the Spanish team were awarded first prize. <laughs> the French are just going, no, 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 we do not agree. These, these rules are bullshit. Fuck off. And they left and the Spanish are like, hey, we win it the gold. They're Italian now, apparently. Um, so, And then it was a demonstration sport in 1924, 1968 and at the Barcelona Olympics in 1992. So... There you go. We did our research during the Pan Am Games. Um, yeah, nine go. Check it out online. Everything along those lines as well. 
Metal predictions, though. We always need to do this for some form of preview episode. Now, Jared, who I will say is in Europe at the moment. He hasn't just, like, gone, fuck it, I'm not showing up. He is uh, gallivanting around Europe. He's just been to Glasgow. We got his picture with the Glasgow yeah. thistle, a fantastic photo. He's hanging out with lawn bowls and everything along those lines. Um, <laughs> at the time of recording this, he hasn't sent our uh, us metal predictions, but I'm sure we will get them before the end of the Olympics. So uh, stay tuned for that. We are doing Australia, Canada, and our tiebreaker. I was going to go for mixed NOCs, but they've scrapped it. So we're going with the Netherlands because they're the country <laughs> that, I mean, I feel like we should go with Tunisia now all of a sudden, but no, fuck it. We're going for the Netherlands because they're always uh, up there. So um, let's start with Canada. Uh, Colin, how many medals are Canada winning at these Olympic Games? All right. So, I mean, none of the countries have like huge medal halls. So I decided we're going to break this down scientifically. Averages they've gotten throughout uh, the previous games. Smart. Canada averaged two golds. They averaged 1.67 silvers and four bronze. So I feel like an average of four bronze is probably decent. Um, I don't know about the silvers or the golds, though. I I, I kind of want to look at this and be like, okay, 2-2 two, two, and 4, but I'm going to go 2-2 two, two, and 3 oh, uh, for two, Canada. Three. So I'm adjusting it slightly. All right. So 2-2 two, two, and 3, which bring a grand total to 7. Uh, Canada is 12th overall on the Youth Olympics medal tally, Winter Youth Olympics. Total of 6 gold, 5 silver, 12 bronze. You sit behind France and just above the Netherlands. So there you go. Um, yeah, I, I literally haven't really put much thought into this. I thought I'd get on air and let inspiration strike. Um, so I'm, I'm looking at the last Olympics and yeah, one gold, two silver, five bronze. You've gone for two, two, three. So I'm going to go for three gold, one silver and four bronze. So that gives me eight. So I had to be a little bit different. Do we just fill in Jared's here or do we just know? Uh, Australia, so uh, we won our very first gold last Winter Youth Olympics. Uh, so obviously a um, little bit different to Canada. So we've won a total of one gold, three silver, three bronze overall in the three previous Winter Olympics. I'll go first in this one. I'm going to say we're going to get zero gold. It's not going to be a good game for us, I don't Aww. think. But I think we'll get three silver and one bronze. And I'm saying this right now, that bronze is coming from the women's 3x3 ice hockey. <laughs> I'm saying it. We're winning the medal in ice hockey. <laughs> Over Canada, we'll beat you in that. So that gives us four medals. That's what I'm saying. Uh, so the average is 0. 0.33 golds <laughs> for Australia. 0. 0.33. And, and then one and one. Uh, but I'm going to I'm gonna go with you and say no golds. No. Uh, I'm going to go with one silver and two bronze. Okay. We'll, we'll, we'll take that on board. And the Dutch. So overall, they are, they are just behind Canada. I did just say that. With a total of six gold, three silver, four bronze, 13 total. The last games, they were 13th, two gold, two silver, one bronze. I'll go first with this one if you like, because it makes it easier for you. Um, they're only going to win one gold this time around, probably in speed skating. Uh, <laughs> it will be in speed skating. Uh, one gold, one silver, and six bronze. The Dutch are going to struggle oh. to get anything better than that. So uh, eight in total again for me for the Dutch. Okay, so I mean, their averages uh, go two gold, Matthew, one Colin. silver, one point three three bronze. Do this for every uh, Olympics. I'm, uh, I, I'm looking at. The, you have to also look at what the difference is from one games to another. Uh, I'm going to be quite optimistic here. I'm going to say they're going to go with three golds, Ooh. one silver, mm -hmm. and three bronze. I think they're going to have fairly successful games. All right, there you go. And Jared, insert yours here eventually. 
Uh, before we go, just a couple of quick news items. Uh, we'll say just with the useful limits. We'll be back every week, so we're going to be doing this weekly. So the time of this being released, the opening ceremony is tonight. So uh, basically, we'll be back next week. We'll uh, review what we can of the opening ceremony, essentially, and then uh, give a week's... And it's, I guess, condensed coverage. We're obviously not going to go into the nitty-gritty. Similar, I guess, with the Pan Ams in a way that, obviously, this is something that we can't watch religiously every single day. But uh, we will we will do our best in the next uh, few weeks in order to cover that. And I will say, generally, we release a best of every 50 episodes because our wrap episode of this will be episode 350. Our next best of will be episode 351. So there you go, Ben, just to uh, make the admin side of this work a little bit better. Uh, new side of things really quickly. Uh, Columbia's lost the, lost the Pan Am Games, Colin, for 2027. Yeah. Uh, what's happened here? And uh, you said Melbourne will probably step up at this right rate, right? That's my guess. <laughs> <laughs> Next host of the Pan Am Games has got to be Melbourne. Um, I mean, this is kind of unprecedented. This isn't just we bid on a game that's pretty far out and we're dropping out. I mean, this is uh, really we're in that cycle. We are, we are leading up towards the Columbia Games. They've already done their, their handoff to Columbia. I don't think this is happened uh, I mean, has it ever happened in olympics or commonwealth i don't think it has uh but well, we're now just happened no but, but but did it literally happen when we were in that cycle we were leading up to those yeah. games so the, the current the next commonwealth games are off remember the the victoria ones and they handed over they did the vanessa amorossi sang in birmingham and they cancelled them so they, we still don't know where the next commonwealth games are oh, okay so so th- this is literally happening everywhere yeah. so i mean just, it's Good luck, it's Paris. Awful. They're canceling the Paris Olympics. That's a 200 days to go. Oh, no, we do not want them anymore. Piss off. But I would say U.S. has barely hosted it. I'm sure there's going to be a U.S. city that decides to step up and say, we're America. Frank and Barry here can take care of it. <laughs> well, they're not on the list. Uh, there are four cities that have put their hand up right now. Sao Paulo in Brazil, uh, Jalisco and Nueva Leon in Mexico, uh, Asuncion in Paraguay and Lima once again are going, hey, we'll do it again. So... Uh, yeah, no, no. You, U.S. don't just do not give a shit about the Pan Ham's. Apparently, it's so LA, weird because wouldn't LA be perfect to like as a year yeah. out from the Olympics? Like, let's fucking have a rehearsal for it. That would be great. Yeah, I mean, I, I pretty much figured Canada wasn't gonna, you know, <laughs> actually volunteer for this because we're very particular about when we accept anything like that. But <laughs> I mean, of those, I, I think it's probably it, probably just gonna end up going to Lima again. <laughs> that yeah. would be my guess. Although it, it would be kind of fun to see him go back to Brazil. Where's Where's freaking Suriname in this? Not listening to our podcast. Nobody uh, listened to us. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, it's a, bit, it's a bit concerning that we've kind of had this now with the Commonwealth Games and now the Pan Am Games that these are kind of going down the wayside. Obviously, it seems that they've got a bit of a, a more of a plan here for the Pan Ams because I, I see here that uh, the bid process are actually opening this up very soon. So this is something that the Pan Am Committee have gone like, let's get onto this. Whereas, fuck, I don't even know if we're ever going to have a Commonwealth. We're two years away from a Commonwealth yeah. Games. We don't even know where they're going. You and I can host it in our backyards. We'll co-host yeah. it. Um, obviously, as I said, less than 200 days to go to Paris. So that's getting exciting. Snoop Dogg, we've already touched on that. Uh, and we, we're still hoping to launch a daily news well, not like a daily news show, like a weekly news show. We're not that fucking <laughs> We want to launch a daily news show once a week. I mean, I'd love to have a daily news show. You start paying us, people, when uh, this can be our full-time <laughs> job. I'd absolutely do it. But, uh, yeah, we're hoping to do a weekly news show at some point, so uh, stay tuned for that as well. But uh, anything else, Colin, Youth Olympics-related, Olympics-related, you got anything you want to say? Get off your chest. I don't uh, know. I mean, We're in the middle of about uh, what's forecasted to be two straight days of snow here in Winnipeg, so I'm going to be out there with the kids making lots of snowballs, trying to get myself a mascot for whatever city hosts the Pan Am Games. Well, I, I, at the time of recording this, I'm a week away from being in New York. By the time this has been released, I will be in New York. And I'm just, I'm keeping an eye on for snow because I haven't had snow more than an inch in like 700 days. It snowed when I was there. It just didn't obviously settle. 
So I, I'm hoping that this comes because I'm sitting here in like 40 degree heat. I'm, I'm ready for some minus three degree weather that I'm looking at uh, ahead of New York. So our first uh, episode next week, of course, we'll be uh, reviewing the first week as well as the opening ceremony. Then we'll come in every single week to uh, bring you that. But we're excited for this. Get on board. We won't be doing things like athlete of the day, maybe an athlete of the games. We didn't do an athlete of yeah. the uh, Pan Ams, which we did of the Commonwealth Games. So we, we were a bit behind the eight Well, we did an athlete. Did we do it? We athlete? gave it to the, oh, uh, the... the the one who set the, the all time universal record in the marathon. I apologize. We we did do that. You are hundred percent correct. Thank you for that. But yeah, we won't be doing things that we do usually in the Olympics, like daily medal tallies, things like that. You know. So, but we'll do some level of coverage. But if you missed last week, I will just give another plug. Remy Harvey, coach of the Australian three x three team. If you want to hear a little bit more about that, listen to that. It was a great chat with Remy. And in a couple of weeks' time, when we get back into the athlete interviews, uh, we've got some great guests, including guests who are going to be in Paris this year. So uh, very, very pumped for that. Colin, you, you're doing less dramatic yawns, so that must be time for I, the time. I'm episode. covering now because I'm looking. Do all the things at the end here. Like, subscribe, Birmingham Bull, all of that kind of fun stuff. Uh, you took the words right out of my mouth. And thanks for joining us. I'm going to go hang out with Barry and Frank and head to Tunisia. And we'll speak to you next time on Off the Podium. Start making it through just like pasta, pasta, that's amore. That's amore. When you dance down the street with the cloud at your feet, you're in love. When you walk in a dream, but you know you're not dreaming. Excuse me, but you see back in old Napoli, that's amore.